So here's, I got a, this question for you, which is, I gave up corporate structure, trying to consult corporate structure back in 2003 or four or something like that, because I was successful. And every time the department would reorganize itself into a circle and take authority back and start, you know, in bringing group intelligence at play and they started producing results, the, the reflexive response from Deutsche Bank and Deutsche Post and other corporations were, was to, to reorganize the department thoroughly within three months after, after we would succeed. And it, it just was, it was a, after the third or fourth time, I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. So how- Yeah, you're operating how, at two different uh, vibrational level. So what, how do you- I give up the idea of transformation. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> well, I, I can settle for incremental change. And, and I basically do my transformational work one-on-one. -on -one. Now, you could call the work I'm doing transformational, but I'm talking about vibrationally. So vibrationally, I give up my attachment to what I know and think is best. And uh, I just give it up. And meet what people about, where they are. Think about it this way. I meet people okay. where they are, and then I move them from there. I mean, you know, that's all you can do is meet people where, where they are. I'm just... I've never I'm, been able to get trans... I can get transformation to happen corporately with groups, but I have to have the right permission level, and it's got to be the right kind of client, and they got to be vibrating. You know, when I say vibrating, I, I really mean... I'm feeling intuitively in the space where, where they are. And I'm noticing where my pockets resistance are. And if it's from a, if it's from someone who holds power, I'm, I move to where they are. If it's because I don't have much success at overpowering power in a training room. One-on-one I do, I can just, it's interesting in a, you know, like in an event or something like that, people aren't going to protect themselves because they're in there as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. But a corporate mm -hmm. culture will always protect itself. So at yeah. some level, I'm always the enemy yes. in, the, in the beginning, right? And if I'm poking at their corporate collective dysfunctional culture, they'll move to protect it. So what's, what's important is that I always start with an assessment. Okay, so I, I start with one-on-ones and I'm asking a series of questions. And the reason I'm doing that is mostly for buy-in mm -hmm. and mostly for me to create trust. And so they, they say, you know, you'll never make a change here. No one's gonna be honest. I say, oh, give, me, give me a shot. Uh, I'm pretty good at this. Um, I've heard that before and I've still been able to be successful. So I, I do that. Then I collect the data and I put it in a report. <clears throat> and one of the first things I do when I'm in the, in the space with them is I ask them to read through the report and make comments. Ultimately, what I'm trying to do is get them to own the data because I've asked them to rate themselves one to five, let's say, right? And I'll say, okay, collectively, you rate yourselves at a two. Does that seem right to you guys? Yes. Here's your comments. These are your comments. You know, somebody says, blah, 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 blah. They're anonymous, but here's the comments. 
Any questions, any comments on the comments? Yeah. Okay, now I want you to write the headlines of where you think you are as a group. Then I pull out my five levels of, of development for a team. Where would you rate yourself? Oh, we're at a two. So now I they are the ones declaring where they are. They are the ones that have spoken. So I've overcome the they and me mostly, if I can get trust to happen, relationship to happen, right? Yeah. And then we, get, we go from there. It, and another example, you know, um, you know, you want, um, man, what is the word? Hang on here. I am blanking, Clint. I do this sometimes with my memory these days. Um, what do you call it when there's a, a gap between who I think I am and dissonance? Okay. So I'm always looking for dissonance, right? Yeah. So if I, then I might come in and benchmark their results. So let's say I'm working with a hospital. Well, here's another hospital of your size, your revenue. Mm -hmm. Here's the results they are producing ouch right so now yeah. they compare themselves to somebody else and they go yeah that they are better you know here's here's a soccer team that doesn't have all the money football team mm -hmm. doesn't have all the money and they're doing really well Burn, burnley is a uh, football team i coach the executives on right and uh, and they got relegated this year but um that's what i'm always looking for is dissonance Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what I use in the trainings is feedback to create distance. So I get a lot of distance going quickly. That's, and I don't add to the, I don't participate in the feedback. You guys start to rate each other. You guys, you know, communicate here. How many of you would mm -hmm. say this is true? And then that's how I overcome it. So I want to take a step back and just ask you kind of a strategy question, which is, you know, taking a look at kind of, everything that's going on in the planet and kind of having this sense that in a hierarchical structure, the ones who will are best, the ones who are best at climbing the ladder to take the positions of power are the ones who will do whatever it takes to get power are the psychopathic personalities. So you've got a structural error in the design of an organization that it's, it's it searches for it, seeks out it, it, um, capital, it like promotes psychopathy, and then then that that's what's nothing submitted from kind of anywhere can counteract that, and so I just I'm just what's how do you figure like how do you like I what I've seen lately in the last ten years say is a ramping up of people who are move to the edge. They move to the edge of modern culture. They're taking a look and going, oh my God, modern culture has an edge. I don't have to stay in that game world. I can, I can stay at the edge and see what happens. I can start actually inventing new game worlds. And the, the, this population is going more and more, it's getting bigger and bigger. People are getting, it's frustrating enough, it's scary enough. People are, have moved in that way. I mean, and that's been my yeah. focus. That's been my focus is looking for those people and, and just amplifying the hell out of them, you know, giving them everything they need to, to create new game world space and move into it. Okay, no problem.
so I've just, what, so how did you? All I'm doing is, <clears throat> look, the power structures, as far as I'm concerned, has been that way for humans since the beginning. Yeah, right? since, well, so 6,000 years. In. The only thing that's new for me is that there's more people on the edge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I, my process doesn't upset the power structure. It just gives people more tools who are on the edge. Does it pop them out of the power structure? So what do they do with their tools? Survive better or leave. Okay. And get so your, you know, they, they create a little bubble around themselves with not, without making the, the power structure long. So, you know, a, a bubble, one of my, one of my groups I work with is a city, Citibank. Yeah. Okay. If you talk about a fucked up dysfunctional power structure, yeah. name it, it's there, right? Yeah. Okay. So I have a team and within that team, I'm creating a culture uh, and I'm reminding them that they're in a dysfunctional culture and don't go fucking poke the bear unless you want to die yeah. on that hill. If you want to die on the hill, I'm, I'll give you the tools. You will die on the hill. I want you to understand mm -hmm. that, right? So you will die on the hill. But if that's your legacy, if that's the difference you want to make, I'll give you the tools to do so. But how about survive in the culture until you have the courage, guts, vision, whatever, to move outside of it? And if you do, I'll give you the tools to win there too. So, so how, many, how many people do you have out there with those tools outside the culture like that? How are you working with those people? Most of them don't leave because they're just as addicted to the paradigm as the, the ones that are running the paradigm. So very, okay. very few. Okay, so this it's an irrelevant question because it's your personal decision, but how does that feed you? Like, I don't mean just cash, you know, to go to the grocery store. I mean, how does it feed you? How do you feel glad about that? Okay, the same way I think I'll feel after I get off this call. I don't know that it's going to be transformational but I do feel like I'll make a difference for you. I've given up in some case. I don't have the need to have every interaction, intervention, training be transformational. I just don't. I, I have the need to make a difference. And to, and to increase people's choices. I do expand their choice. But I'm not going to push them off the nest. No, you can't, but, but how, anyway, I mean, for me, just giving people the capacity to perceive and make use of new choices is in some degree transformational. Okay, then I'll agree that if that's transformational, I'm, I'm always doing that. Yeah, because you're talking, you know, this whole thing you had before about this total breakthrough thing. I mean, you use that word breakthrough. Yeah, my, my whole company personal is called breaking through, <laughs> right? I do. So, I mean, Look, you know, I was me Let's say, Cliff, let's just say that I can get any individual or a team collectively to buy into to my framework of trust. Okay. okay. So instead of, I say, you know, we've been conditioned to believe trust is I'll trust you if, or I'll trust you when, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So what if trust is your core value? It's who you yeah. are. So now you bring and create trust, whether someone's trustworthy or not. Yeah. All right, you let's say yourself. I spend hours on that and I get people to start creating trust, thinking themselves as trusting, adopting trust as a core value about who I am, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going mm -hmm. to create trust with 
Hitler, I'm going to create trust, you know, because that's who I am. I don't have any other better choice for who I am, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But trust doesn't require stupidity. So I understand, you know, this is really what our presidents, prime ministers have to face in the world, right? They can't, they don't have the power to go in and just take Putin out. They don't, right? So they have to deal Mm -hmm. with it, right? And they have to deal with, or China or whatever, they have to deal with what is. And And so they don't want to lose who they are. It's complicated at that level because there's just no wins. They're, everybody loses all the time, no matter what your tactics are. So that's all I do. So, I, so I'll create a, a shift, a transformation in an area, you know, trust, okay? And that'll serve them in their relationships. That's going to serve them everywhere. Um, I still believe in the trainings I do. I, I'm like, God, if anybody would just pay attention to what I'm actually saying. Yeah blow their mind yeah fucking blow their mind but they can't hear me most of them you know so i'm presenting transformational they're doing an incremental okay (laughs) and then okay eventually they get it or they don't get it but they pay you either way that's the thing they pay me either way and i made a difference either way so i've improved their life for a while until Mm -hmm. it snaps back you know to their you know they're you know, it's like, it's probably what people do when they're doing all these anger management, you know, they, they're probably better for a while, but you didn't deal with their fucking anger. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. could happen in the event or right. You get to the conversation or the, the block and you got to get rid of it. I don't, I doubt anger management does that. I've never been to one of those classes, but I've, yeah. I've trained people have been to those classes and they're not, they're still pretty angry people. So <laughs> They might, maybe they learn how to bite their tongue. I don't know what they do. Mm. Well, how, how are you replacing yourself? Um, I, first off, I've taught in order to do my work. And I have quite a few grads that are capable, you know, so. But do you, do you bring them in a circle and do you unleash them to, like, do you, framework their work you know do you give it a name and have them take on with it? no it's not official like that there's a couple of them that i throw them into a process and you know i just train them up mostly my interpreters are the ones become trainers really yeah they're they're the ones that have to get it quick or they don't survive as an interpreter yeah but there's there's a lot of younger trainers in the u.s that um I mentor and help and they can still. But you in. don't have a you don't have a trainer training kind of thing? No. Why not? It's too I don't know, psychologically it's too hard on me. Too many fail. It's just I only I don't know, one in twenty is gonna come through at my standard. That's it. So I just have to deal with 19 of my failures. You know, maybe I maybe I can act like seven of them would never have made it or but I gotta I just I don't like that moment in the mirror when I just fucking failed, you know. And I and there's too much time spent where I'm doing way more for them than they are willing to do for themselves, you know, just so. I don't know. It doesn't feed me. It just sucks the life out of me. 
So you'd be, more, I'd be more willing to be a partner where somebody else is trying to get that dub and I'm doing the finish work, so to speak, not the, not the ego work. You know, I just, I fucking hate that part. You know, I mean, it was hard with Nora. That's my wife, right? It took me six years. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just, you, you just don't want unconscious people. I don't want unconscious people facilitating. I just don't, you know, they're just going to get nailed uh, in there. You know, they're going to lose their shit. Um, I don't have the right process for it. You probably do. No, well, look, the thing is, <clears throat> I got incredible process, but I'm getting the same results you are. I'm in the same. That's one of the reasons I'm calling you is my pain about my failure rate. Really, it's and so you know, I get to this place where I go, shit, are you telling me there really just aren't that many people on the planet capable of doing this? I've always said, Clint, that we're looking for people with the uh, intellect of a, of a brain surgeon and the heart of Mother Teresa. And those people have choices, right? They're not all called to this work. I mean, you're called yeah. to this work. I'm called to this work. I don't have a better option. I don't have a different option, right? I don't mm -hmm. spend any time going, what else could I be doing if I wasn't doing this? I don't. I'll be dying doing this. So I know that. So you just don't have... So you. You're looking at capacity, talent, and now you're down to, I don't know, 1% or half of 1%, and then they have choices. And maybe they're, maybe that person is, I don't know who it is. I don't want to make it up. Elon Musk or something like that. I mean, there, there's a lot of people chasing those people, right? <laughs> so um, you do find them occasionally in the corporate world. You do find them occasionally in science. You do find them occasionally as a doctor. They're out there, but everybody wants them. So I don't know. That's that's what that's what what I've always thought. You know, you know, and then worse worse than that, Clinton. Some of the people who made it were people I would have absolutely rejected. Absolutely, oh, wow. completely, no way, no how. And somehow <laughs> they found their way swimming upstream. I don't know how, but you know, I I was looking at a. I don't know. I was looking at a slug and it turned out that now they're a butterfly. And I don't know how that happened. I go, maybe that wasn't a slug. That was a caterpillar. Shit. Okay. How'd I miss that? So, we're not very good predictors, humans. Anyway, that's where I've just made peace with it. I'm not doing it. Look, I'm, how old are you? I'm 60. I'm about 65 in October. You're probably in your 50s. So are you telling me your real age? So yeah. like I I stopped count. Okay, I stopped counting at fifty three. Okay, so I said that's it. My only but point. I'm, my only point is that my values are changing. Health's becoming more important. Fights that I used to be willing to fight. I. It's not that I don't have the energy to fight them. It's just I got. I'm trying to pour my energy into what feeds me and move away from things that don't all right tell me about your book then i wrote a book with nora called um relationship secrets that really work i mostly wrote it for nora so you know and you know she's used it, it, it 
again, you know, I don't know how many copies have been sold. I mean, no way is, I mean, it got to bestseller just because of how they manipulate it in the beginning and then died, you know, just like most books. So, you know, I don't have any marketing tactics that have actually ever worked. Yeah, I'm not talking marketing. I'm talking leaving a trail or making artifacts so that those who need them can find them and proceed, like making a difference, what you said. When you say make a difference, that's the kind of thing I think about is. Yeah. Because um, you've, you've got probably, such a treasure. Yeah. I don't know. Now you're getting into my. I think I've probably talked to you this about before you really get into my fucked up psychology, which is um, my dad ingrained, my dad's a secret service agent. I don't, do you understand the mentality of a secret service agent? To a degree, yeah. Okay. With two, to a large degree, they, they are paid not to be seen. Okay. So he downloaded all that shit into my brain and it's Whoa. still there. Okay. And I am, I don't like being seen. I, I, I don't, I, I, I know it's wrong. I know it's a taker mentality. I know it's a scarcity mentality. I've worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. I've forgiven myself. I've tried to replace it. I've, but even when I neutralize it, I still don't have any desire. It, I don't replace it with anything that makes me want to, you know, show up, so to speak. So I, I'm comfortable as a lieutenant, you know, and that's why I like coaching senior level executives. I can execute there in my comfort zone and that's where I operate. So, you know, a lot of my clients, I'm, I'm executing underneath them doing a lot of the dirty work they don't want to do. That's, and I don't mean out of bounds, illegal shit. I'm just saying, here's a conflict. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. I go, I go fix it. So I'm a fixer uh, in the background in the corporate world. Um, and I, I, I put out a book and stuff like that, but I'm not committed to it. So working on a website right now for teams, put somebody else in charge of it. I said, look, I'll help with content. Don't ask me, don't let me get in the way of sabotaging this because I will. I always have and I always will. So don't let me do it. So, um, you know, I'll just pretend that I'm working for you, you know, and trying to have you win. And that's how I think I can get around this stuff like that. And I, <clears throat> I do like working with teams. I do like coaching executives. And I still love my seminars. So, and we've been doing them through the COVID um, live. And, you know, we got terrible numbers. I mean, 12, you know, 15, just like mm -hmm. uh, can't even break even. But um, yeah, I still love the work. Yeah. Yeah. The, when I was with you in, in Latvia, he brought me in and we did this 54 Russians breakthrough training. Remember that? Sure. Lifeboat process and all that stuff. Yeah, I remember. And you were a servant. And yeah. 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 
I was humming only the lonely when I was walking by you. Yeah, I remember it. I remember that too. I've told that story so many times, man. It's such a, an archetypal story. It's really, really great. Is this so? Is this what you're delivering still? That kind of thing. Okay. Still works. I'm, okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. So I'm so. And the people who come are not the corporate people. They're mostly edge workers, right? Aren't they? Everybody doesn't. Everybody kind of come. Everybody yeah, young comes. People, young They're people, not edge people. workers. They might leave that way. They don't come in mm -hmm. that way. Um. Rarely. Like mm -hmm. I, I think I might have one. I started training this Wednesday here. Based on the conversation I had with people enrolling, I might have one in there but they're not aware of it. You know, just the people around them are aware of it. So you're in this American cloud that I fortunately got spit out of in 1995. Oh, also I'm in Spain. We do, do trainings in Spain too, by the way. We've been doing okay. that for years too. So go ahead. Yes. You're right. Yeah, I'm in I mean, American cloud. You know, I mean, that you're dealing with it, that you've got mm -hmm. to deal with this kind of large marshmallow zone that just buffers people from reality in such an insane woke way that is has this it's this i don't know it's like i am so glad i'm i don't have to deal with that because i'd be just so pissed off i would just come in and flame people and, until there was nothing left and then i could talk to somebody but so i don't i don't know how you god i guess the fact you get to spain now and then gives you a chance to put your head above and breathe something like that i don't know i don't I'm know not, but i'm not There's, I guess I have it two parts of my head. The Jim Zarvis walking around dealing with it as an American fucking pisses me off every day. But when I walk into a training room, nothing pisses me off. I'm not, it just, it doesn't. I'm in the zone. I'm in the present. And all I'm doing is whoever I'm talking with is I'm there to elevate somehow, some way. And I don't, I don't have any positions hardly anymore. I, I'm okay with moving them to wherever they can hear or operate from. Um, and I think that's why a lot of trainers won't and can't work in the corporate zone. They just can't because they know better, you know, and it's, it's, but it, to me, it's like this. It's just, if I have someone who's blind, I'm just not going to get on them about what they're missing, you know, in terms of sight. I'm just not going to do it. And that's how I kind of have it. I'm just like, look, I'll, I'll be witness to a miracle if they can open up their eyes in here, but I'm not, I'm not going to spend any energy on resisting what is just not. So, so I don't deal with it in a training room. I just don't. Okay. I mean, so, in other words, I don't feel like I'm, I feel real freedom in, the, in that room. That's the way I describe it. So what I get so far talking to you is the, the confirmation that you're a wizard. Well, I don't know. I take a whiz, but I don't know if I'm a wizard. <laughs> I mean, because... 
mean, the reason I'm saying that is just has to do with, well, you know, then I can ask the question. So, so Jim, tell me the other wizards. Tell me the other wizards you know. I'd like to meet them. I don't. You'd be one. I, I don't. I don't hang out with anybody. And when I was asking you about training, you're replacing yourself as kind of like being a wizard maker or like, and, and when you hit dead on, the same thing that's hitting me is just like this failure rate is, is like, okay, where are the wizards? Because, you know, it's basically you bootstrapped yourself. I bootstrapped myself. Yes, I've had incredible support. Yes, people have blessed me with so many opportunities and the ones I could say yes to, I did and it changed my world, you know? And so, so, so I know, I know that it can be done because basically I've done it and I've, you know, I've, I've, the, the short amount of time I've gotten to spend with you has been just delightful for, you know, giving me hope that there's other wizards in the world. And I, I go around like knocking on doors, trying to check out wizardry and what's happening. And I usually get belief systems or I get, I get cool, cool, handsome looking tribal tribal guys who are trying to be, you know, have their ego stroked on with a bunch of videos and a bunch of fans who support them. Like they, like the guy that ended up in jail. For example, those guys. Yeah. That, that, that still pisses me off, you know? So, um, you know, they're in a sweat tent and his ego's running him and he can't fucking take care of his people. You know, that's, that's ego run amok to me. I can't remember his name, mm. but you know, you know who I'm talking about. No, I don't. I, I don't try to. One of these I popular yeah. guys, books. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he's probably making millions, <clears throat> and he's doing a, a training, and mm -hmm. uh, they're using sweat lodges, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's basically in the in the sweat lodge, and people are passing out, and he's like, "You're not committed." You know, that's, mm. you know, that's, and he walks out and they leave somebody there long oh, really? before passed out dead. And, you know, he goes to jail. God, what the guy's name, um, you know, just, just like that. It's just like, uh, yeah. they just don't, it's all about them. I don't know. I, you know, that's just ego to me. You know, you got to take care of your people. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that's, I do operate in the public. So probably one thing that's shifted me the most is the internet. And I just decided to make friends with it instead of, so I, I started asking myself two questions in terms of choices I'm making in the room. Uh, if this goes wrong and the judge is asking me, what were you thinking in that moment? Or why yeah. did you do that? I better have a fucking good answer. And not like, well, I, so when he told you that his head was, he had a severe headache, are you a medical doctor? Are you telling me that you didn't consider an aneurysm? You know, I'm like, no, I'm not a medical doctor. So then why didn't you listen to him? So I, so now if I hear a, I have a headache in process, mm -hmm. take yourself time. Should you see a doctor? maybe this isn't the right place for you. Tell me if the headache goes away. You want some aspirin? You know, like I treat it differently. 
And I yeah. train my staff to treat it differently. So we're not going to go for a breakthrough, folks. So I'm telling my coaches, we're not. If someone okay. is in distress, even though all of us believe it's bullshit, and if we just pushed them a little bit, I said, no, safety is paramount. I'm not pushing. So if, if I can't get the breakthrough that I think this person needs and deserves, mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. backing off of it. And you should too. We are, we're going to elevate safety. And we're going to downgrade our egos and our whatever we want to call it, our intuition, which probably isn't that, you know, they just need pushed. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I say, what would they say on the Internet? You know, can I defend yeah, this on the Internet? Right. Is that what you mean afterwards, like with the comments well, in the stuff? moment. So I'm, I'm going judges. This is going to go bad. What what's the Internet going to say? So I took some processes out of the Internet. So old school, this years ago, old school, old school, there's a process and. 30 years ago, uh, there was a process in uh, part two where you come in dressed in a bathing suit and you're pointing to the parts of your bodies that you're embarrassed and everybody starts laughing, okay? And remember, a lot of this work was, was built out of the resistance model. If you go back to Est, yeah. the premise was freedom exists when you stop resisting shit. So what we're going to do is we're going to increase resistance at a high level. They're going to learn how to get off, get off of it, as that's how they say, get off of it, mm -hmm. and surrender to it. Now, the problem was, is that it was led by egomaniacs, and they really got them to surrender to the trainer, not surrender to the experience, right? Yeah, right, just, yeah, right. They didn't have the consciousness or tools to do what probably ontologically makes sense, but I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not going down that model. So I don't do that mm -hmm. process because in the internet, they're saying, yeah, I was made to stand on a chair, you know, nearly naked and point to body parts while everybody laughed at me. But you know what that sounds like publicly? You can't defend it. You right, know, it, exactly, now you exactly. know, it's out of context, right? But mm -hmm. hell, I think about, okay, they're not going to present it in context. How are they going to present it? And I can't defend that. You know, I just... I, what am I going to say? Well, it's out of context. No, Jimmy, they really were on a chair in a bathing suit. People were laughing right. at us. That really <laughs> happened. Yes. Yeah. So I taken a lot of that out, all mm -hmm. of it out. And so now try to get better at making distinctions that can shake their jaw, you know, drop their jaw. And um, their jaw, you said, drop their jaw. I, I want them to, oh my God. Right. Right. You know, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Or in you know, or have an experience of healing, you know, to where they really feel healed. Um, yeah. So I'm doing good work. I'm just I'm not um but I don't have too many people on the planet that ego-wise it, it can operate at my level or desire to or willing to put in the work. Um, and maybe it is bootstrapping, Clint. Maybe that's the the other one I said, no way. I mean, he's probably a wizard and he's I he's good, you know. I don't know how he got there. So I don't know how you got there. Um, but I, I always feel like I'm led by God. And so I'm just everything, there's so much that comes out of my mouth that's not in my <laughs> <laughs> my head or body um, i have to go write it down <clears throat> i'm like damn that was good 
Yeah. But we didn't come from me. So I, I attributed all the I attributed all the source. That's what I do. Just a generalized source. I'm just a vehicle. God, God's using me. Good. Awesome. I'm blessed. I have but a I'm question. Not, I'm not talking about God in the trainings or anything like that. It's just mm -hmm. my personal take on why. I have a question for you about every now and then we'll have after two or three days usually we run five day spaces i just i'm doing anything less really than five day spaces and so wow yeah and so after after two or three days what happens is it's so together in a way like it's so kind of a vehicle and the vehicle is flying and people are popping you know people are getting stuff and just being able to stand in new places and stuff's coming through them and helping each other and right. really a, a lot is happening and then then there's these survival strategy will show up and it's not very often it's sort of like once every five trainings or something there will be somebody who will in a way shift into a manifestation of all i can say is evil Somebody pops out like some demon has taken them over and they start doing this insinuation of exact, trying, to, trying to cause a witch burning or trying to, trying to execute or be the inquisitioner and take down the space into, I don't know what. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um. I address it behind the scenes with that person. I don't have any, no. I have more failure than success if I'm trying to deal with it in the space. Okay. Um, so I go offline with it. So I'll say, Clinton, let, hey, let's talk. And okay. the break, you mean? Yeah, on a break mm -hmm. or something like that. Or... I go to lunch with them or I meet them before the training the next day, or mm -hmm. I have some stay and I say, Hey, listen, let me talk to you. And I just talk, talk them through it. And I'll, and basically what's going on. I don't know if you're noticing this, you know, is there an enemy in here? Who do you think the enemy is? Is it me? Is it the space? What, you know, what's really going on? I try to get underneath it and, um, Sometimes they get it, but mostly they neutralize it. You know, in other words, they they basically shut down and stop being a problem. They don't transform. They're just, it's almost like talking to your kids, like, we're not going to run around in the restaurant, kids. We're just not going to do that, right? I'll let you run around at home. You can scream all you want while we're outside, but not in a restaurant, okay? Because it's bothering too many other people and I got work to do. You know, I got to live in this community. So basically I'm saying, I, I can't serve your evil demon self and, and hold the space. Something's got to give and this may not be the place for you. I'll take them out if I can, you know? Um, and they're like, fine. And I said, look, I'd rather just, this may not be the right, not every environment is the right place for everybody because you and I know that context attracts and creates content, right? So you're yeah. creating the context to transform yeah. the content and yeah. content. Um, and then ultimately you're hoping they adopt a new context so they can, it could be a permanent, right? 
Exactly. So they're they're in the way and the context is rejecting them and they're pushing back and they're trying to create a different context. And I just let them know it's sorry, I you're fine, Clinton. I love you, but I you're in the way of the work I need to get done for other people here. So um, I gotta opt to nullify you or take you out or do something here. I said, I'm, it's not personal. I don't I, I have beer with you. I don't, you're not pushing my buttons, but mm -hmm. you're slowing things down. And they go, okay, that's what I do. But in the spaces, they just get uglier and meaner, you know, and I, I'll win 20% of those battles and then I'll lose 80%. And I don't like that. I don't like the odds. Yeah, I'm kind of a 2080 guy. And if I keep seeing the 80 in a way I don't want, I shift myself. <laughs> Thank you. Ultimately, I'm a strategic guy. I want to win. And I, mm -hmm. I look at the odds of what I'm doing and I go with the odds most times. Now, sometimes I'm being led and I don't have a choice. I'm going where I'm supposed to go and I'm out of my body and I'm out of my mind. And I don't know what the hell I'm saying, doing or being, but something bigger than me is driving this whole thing. So I'm okay with that too. And I'm okay with that failure too. And that doesn't happen all that often. But. Mm -hmm. You're 60 something. I'm, I stopped counting at 53. And we, you know, I've got, I do have some trainers around, you know, I, I do have a trainer training program and I, I do have the same failure rate as you. And so it's not very, what do you say? inspiring something to continue along. I don't have a track record of success to like go, look, we can produce trainers. And I look at the world and the world fucking needs trainers. You know, the world is dying out of, you know, a lack of whatever possibility, transformation, healing, clarity, discovery, you know, health, adulthood, you know, basic initiatory processes. It's just suffocating in, in the lower zones. And anyway, I, you know, but I look at kind of the rest of my life and I go, okay, people are dying. You know, everybody who I thought was a teacher for me, you know, in many ways, Lee Lozowick, you know, Carl, Carlos um, um Claudio Naranjo, different people, um, Arno Desjardins, these people who are kind of spiritual leader types, uh, Irina Tweedy, like all these people, they're just, off the planet, you know, they're, they're so, so, so this leaves us on the front lines, you know, we're on the front lines and it's like, okay, I can't hide anymore. What's my contribution? What's the best contribution? You know, what's, what's, where shall I put my time, energy right. and attention? You know, right. I can, I can, I have enough money. I can go hang out for the rest of my life in some India, some tropical islands, drinking mango juice and just, you know, reading books and having fun, you know, I can do that. And then Chloe would do it with me, you know, whatever, if maybe not, she'd be too pissed off. She'd want to create more stuff. But anyway, so, you know, it's like, so like, what are you, what are you scouting out for yourself or like for the rest of your life is sort of, I don't know that you can say that, you know, I too will die, you know, standing at a flip chart board, screaming at people. I'll just fall over backwards probably. But what, what kind of game plan do you have? I think the biggest failure of my life 
will be that I don't have an answer to your question. And, and why I say it's the biggest failure is because there's a little part of me that wants to ask that question, but there's a bigger part of me that just makes sure I never even ask that question. That'll be, if you're speaking at my funeral, you'll just say, if you were talking, if we were allowed to also talk about the limitations of somebody, that's what somebody sh should, and everybody that knows, cares about me, knows it, right? And they're just like, wow, here's where he failed. And I always believe that, you know, I, I have a process where people discover the purpose of their life. And I always say that, where did your mom fail? And where did your dad fail? Because part of your purpose was to overcome those failures, right? So my mom was shy. I was shy. I've had to overcome that. It doesn't mean I don't have those feelings, but I had to overcome it to live my purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, you just kind of, I think I, that's where I get stuck. And I don't, and the reason I think it's going to be that way is because I don't have any desire to unstick it. I, I, so I don't, I don't really have an answer to that. Um, I'll help anybody that crossed my path. Um, but the trainers don't, the trainers in the transformation world I know think I'm a, They think I'm wrong about a bunch of shit. So well, like what? Like what? Oh, I should be harsher on people. I should be promoting breakthroughs at every moment. I'm a sellout. Uh, I'm too intellectual. Um, I um, you know, if I spend 30 minutes with them, I dissect what the hell they're doing, why they're doing it. I'm asking questions and they don't have answers to, right? Yeah, it's just too fucking uncomfortable to be around me. If you're, yeah. if you want to go, hey Jim, you want to go to that? Okay, I'll be honest with you. And you know, they're just like, but mostly when I'm training up trainers, and I have a vivid history of this, they mostly say, I, I can't get to your level. I'm quitting, and I'm like, don't compare yourself to me. I'm me. You are you. Where are your strengths? Where can you deliver? Where can you exceed me? You can't. But they're just, they watch me and they don't even know how it happens, right? I mean, they because they know the training, but they almost yeah. need a scripted audience. Like you said, you get this evil person and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like people say, well, look, if you'll train me up and I'll even pay you and I can start leading your trains. So I said, I'm not going to hire you to do a training. And I go, why not? And I go, it's like an airline pilot for me. I go, eight out of 10 trainings, anybody can lead them. Any, you know, competent pilot can land the plane because there is no turbulence. It is yeah. nice weather. There is yeah. no mechanical failure. I said, <laughs> but I want a seasoned fucking veteran, you know, who's flown over tornadoes or whatever. That's who I'm hiring because the two out of 10 times, I'm going to lose my center or be in a lawsuit and I can't afford that. I'm not doing it. So you'll never have the experience, you know, come back to me in 15 years. We'll talk, but not <laughs> anytime sooner than that. And I go, well, I'm, my health's fine. 
So I, and I'm not, you know, and I have other trainers that can step in. I do that know how to, you know, fly over a fire, you know, know how to deal with 90 below temperatures and, you know, hang on a second. I didn't turn my ringer off. So I don't know what answer I'm, I don't know what I'm answering here. Um, I don't even know what original, I'm talking about this. Yeah, the original question is like, what, what are, what did they complain about you? Oh, that's what it. Do they, yeah. So that's why there's no, I don't have peers because nobody wants to, I don't know, that's my perception. Nobody's reaching out to me. That, you know, that's true. I don't have too many people, a couple, but that's it. So, I don't feel so, I don't feel any negative about that. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I get it. You know, I have a I have also a betrayal theme in my life. I guess if I was to come into your space, um, a lot of people that I have really stood for and tried to help and elevate have just abandoned me. You know, mm. I, I don't know how to, I'm just talking about psychological terms. They've just bailed. You know, I've done. Yeah. Um, either stop talking to me. I mean, I, I had four or five of them like that in my life over the years. And I'm like, that's interesting. Um, you know, I think, did I make them wrong? Did I, was I, was I trying to elevate myself to look good and make them feel small? I can see that in one case. Um, or it wasn't a trainer, but it was my partner in Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be learning from it. Um, but I do have that theme going on in my life too. And a lot of it has to do with trainers that, that actually were trainers. And I, I don't know, they, they all went off on their own path. Mm -hmm. They just stepped on my neck to go do it. And they didn't need to at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know, just like, you know, just like, let's just say you want to use a servant stretch, right? You probably call me up and say, can I use a servant stretch? And I go, yeah, but but they took the whole fucking training, right? Uh, and they called it theirs. And then they weren't, and it's, that still doesn't piss me off. What pisses me off is they're dangerous people uh, doing shit that they don't know why it's there and mm, how to operate it correctly. Mm, yeah. You know, and they just have the content, but not the context. And, and, right. and, you know, then I feel responsible for that. Like, God, how'd I create that creature? So, yeah. But, um, Anybody that wants help from me, I will help. I always have, whether I like them or not. And I just don't think there's many people that are called to be a wizard, so to speak. I just don't think there's that many. But don't you think the, the need is there? Sure, but but apply it anywhere. I and mean, look at our medical system. How many fucking yeah. good doctors are there? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. <sighs> Teachers, how many good Apply it anywhere, you know? where it's probably doesn't hold true is where there's power and money combined so we do have a lot of good attorneys we do have a <laughs> lot of you know um but i think it's just the bell curve you know, mm. of course there's a need you know i don't know about farming and stuff like that but it's probably true there the bell curve the 80-20 rule, call whatever, the bell curve. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just that 
this whole thing about just trying to be an adult is so far outside of modern culture. Look at look at um, look at um, politics. Hmm. I do believe that people go into politics wanting to make a difference, and then somehow they get elected, and then and then two years later they're corrupted. Not all of them, but most of them. Most of mm-hmm. them they sold their mm-hmm. soul somehow. And I, I guess the conversation goes like, I, you know, Clinton, you've been there 20 years, you're a senior senator, and I got this idea. And you're like, no, look, you've got to back my shit and work your way up the ladder. You're not going to get to do what you want to do just because you haven't, you're an, I have an idea. That's not how it works around here, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. are going to go to go do this and you're going to go do that. And that's how you're going to get me to start cooperating with you mm. unless you're a noisemaker like um um aol you know she just fucking complains and screams and throws a fit about fucking everything and she doesn't care um but she, but she gets printed you know so she mm-hmm. she makes an influence um so you know I, it's not that they're not there it's just they they sell themselves out along the way and you just never were willing to and i was never willing to i always just hated myself that yeah. way so i'm a rebel you know but i'm trying not to be run you know, rebels are run by something you know they're run by what is so they just do the opposite of what is i try to own my rebelness in a way that doesn't grow into a dysfunction mm-hmm. so it's a choice you know I, and i still love gandhi's quotes one of my favorite you know he's using this non-resistant strategy you know to and people goes, how do you know you're right? How do you know it's the right strategy? He goes, I don't know. He goes, it's just something I must do. And that's kind of, that speaks to me most of the time. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try to even defend it. I don't know if it's defendable, but I know who I am. And that's my choice. If there's so few humans actually enthusiastic about having integrity and commitment and being a space for love happening and transformation and healing. And if there's really the bell curve is like it is, you know, we've overpopulated two planets or two and a half planets or whatever it is by now. And like, like we've just kind of doomed ourselves. And I, I didn't, I did not want to get okay with that. I don't want to, I don't want to agree with that. I know it's what is, but I still have this, I don't think it's fantasy world or childish hope. You know, it's just kind of like, I've had the experience myself of hanging out in the adult ego state and getting access to archetypal domains in relationship with other people. And it's so ecstatic and so powerful and so fun. And so, so much creation happens in a positive way, beneficial way for so many people. And yet, and so, and so there's human beings are designed for like we're designed for this. We're designed for the archetypal. We're designed after the archetypal. We're modeled on the archetypal, and we can fly in those zones. And we're designed for it. And so, and yet, and so I know it's possible. And so, and yet, and so that's that's where it comes from. You know, that's where it comes from. Like I don't want, you know, 
whatever circumstances to wipe the human species off the, off the planet and start over with rats or cockroaches or whatever and see what they can develop. You know, I, I, I really would like Gaia's experiment of human beings that have this possibility of choice and self-awareness and will, you know, to win. I would like it to win. And so th this is the side that I'm creating on. This is the side I'm fighting on. This is the side I'm pushing the edges on. And, and I just, I don't want to give up. Yeah, and I, I don't want you to, and I don't want me to either. I just, I think that critical mass only requires a six to 10% of people adopting new thinking and behavior, right? So if there's 6% of us on the planet, it's enough. It's enough to move the needle. And I, if you look, if you step back from our current lives, I have faith and I believe that we are evolving. You know, and it, it looks like this, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a roller coaster, but we are higher than we were. <clears throat> and I do believe I don't know. I mean, one part of me, it's like, oh, shit, are we Atlantis getting ready to repeat itself? You know, right? So, mm. or are we going to continue to evolve? And I think there's some missteps that we could take to kill ourselves off. I do believe that. I, I just choose to believe that enough of us will keep sherpering people forward that one day we'll win. I, 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 I absolutely believe that. So I, 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 I'm hopeful. Um, I just got to keep myself from getting sucked into, it's really climbing Mount Everest. There's a lot of danger and, you know, you can fall and die and get hurt. And there's a lot of bad shit that can happen going up there. But, but if you got the right Sherpas, you're, you're going to get there and back safely. You just are because they have some wisdom, right? And I think mm -hmm. it doesn't need a bunch of us to be there. Um, you, you're going to sucked into what? You said you, you don't want to sucked, sucked into what it. is and trying to deal with it or fix it mm -hmm. or change it instead of just create, just continuing to create transformational experiences for people. And I, you know, I, I think the most limiting factor for a human is our identity. Um, and that's where everything goes right or wrong. So somehow accidentally I have this identity of I'm a winner and I can go back to a couple of events where I made that decision or I'm able to overcome things and turn what looks like a failure into success identify myself that way um but I've thought about it so I'm in a I'm 12 years old I moved to a new neighborhood or I'm 11 and all the kids are on the swim team in this neighborhood, all of them. I have nobody to play with if I'm not a swim team. So I try out for a swim team. Problem is I can't get across the pool. So um, I'm flailing, flopping, and I'm a pretty big kid at that age, right? So they, I basically talked to the swim coach. I said, I've got to be on the swim team. I, she goes, you're a beginner. You can't, and I, I said, I'll, whatever. So she puts me in with the minnows. The minnows are the <laughs> five and six-year-olds. Okay. okay. I show okay. up every morning at six o'clock in the morning swimming with the minnows. 
I am working my ass off. Okay. (laughs) So then I said, I need to learn how to swim the butterfly. She goes, well, that's the most difficult stroke. I said, but nobody swims it. If I'm ever going to get, if I'm ever going to get into a race, I got to be doing something nobody else can do. Yeah. Well, I'm a butterflyer. That's what I did in college. She goes, she goes, I'll tell you what, I have a technique. You'll either drown or you'll be a butterflyer in the end of an hour. So she basically, (laughs) she tied my arms and my legs down and she goes, here's the deal. You ever seen a a, a porpoise swim? And I said, yeah. She goes, that's what you got to do. You got to learn to swim like a porpoise or you're going to drown. And she goes, I, you know, when you hit the bottom and it looks like you're drowning, I'll pull you out. So you're not going to drown, but you're going to drown. (laughs) I I went in there and somehow, some way I learned to swim like a dolphin in that hour. Okay. And so then when I'm swimming with the minnows, all I'm doing is dolphin, you know, and then she goes, <laughs> then she goes okay, your feet are tied together. That's exactly how you want to do. Now I'm going to release your arms and I'm going to show you how to, you know, do this, right? By the, so she, I don't know, let's, so we're training for the summer. It's probably a third into the summer. And she goes, all right, our regular butterflyer is here, but I have an extra lane. They call an exhibition lane. I'll let you swim in it. Okay, that's on the outside edge. We're all okay. Waves take you like this, right? Oh, wow. all right. I, and it's up and back. So gun goes off. I, I don't even take a breath. I don't think. I, I don't go <laughs> sideways. I don't do whatever. I hit the wall. I turn. I come back. I'm swimming as hard as I can. Now this is with the regular racers, right? Yeah. I touch, and I come up. I hear nothing. Nothing. It's just dead. No sound. I go, fuck. We're out of the pool already. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I look at my dad. My dad's face is in shock. Like, oh my God, son, that was horrible. Right. And then sound catches on, and all the other swimmers are behind me. Oh, man. So I beat our best guy by 12. Anyway. So it was a, a moment for me when I went, holy shit, I can over, I can, if I work hard enough, if I work hard enough, I don't have to lose at anything. Yeah. You know, there's an archetype, boom, right there, right? Then yeah. I had some other examples like that too in wrestling and sport. They're all in sports. And I went, okay, I'm good. So I just adopted this identity that's forwarded me. But a lot okay. of people have an identity of I'm a piece of shit. I don't matter. Right. You know, I'm not good enough. That's the normal identity. Or God forbid, if you grew up when I did and you happen to be gay or something like that, your identity's fucked up, fragmented all over the place, right? You don't, yeah. You're not who you think you are. You're not who society wants you to be. Yeah. So I focus a lot on identity, you know, and that's what the contract's for. But I, mm. I really speak to people about their archetypes you know what's driving that what's the conversation that has you feel like no one's listening to you what's going on there right is it true that come on is it really true no one listens to you because i feel like i'm listening to you so is it really mm-hmm. true no one listens to you <laughs> no well my, then it's my family really no one in your family no one is, well 
you know, and you just unpeel it, right? And you go, okay, now it's played out and you do a little, you know, uh, gestalt or something like that, right? And so and then you clean it up. But, and then I'd say, okay, so how do you want to identify yourself? This is what I hate about what we're doing with identity politics. I hate it. Um, they're tr I don't know what the end game is. I'm, I can't figure out why we're having the conversation about what a woman is. I don't understand. Maybe you do. What's no. that about? No, I'm sorry. What? No, I why? Didn't. What? I, that's a fucking identity <laughs> issue that's going to mess people up. I, you know, I've got this wrong. I mean, I get we made up woman. I get it, right? We yeah. assigned an interpretation to some body parts. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. And then science shows us DNA. Okay. We got, so, and we assigned a meaning to that. But why, why are we going after that meaning? I don't, what's the end game? Well, I, you know, if you do this, if you read about the, the overpopulating mice that they had in these cages, you know, give them all the perfect water and food and shelter and, and they would overpopulate. And every time they did it 50 times, I think that after a couple of years, there would be this massive overpopulation and then there would be this social distortions. There'd be all this homosexuality, baby, babies were eaten by their mothers, people would not have sex, people would change sex and it happened every other time. I think humans have overpopulated and I think every single thing you're describing with that is a, is a manifestation of, of an overpopulated mammalian species that's taking itself into a kind of a breakdown that will take its population back down before it kills off the planet. But it's, I don't think it's going fast enough, but it sure looks to me like that's what's going on. Okay, then if I was to adopt that, which actually makes some sense to me, then I could be at peace with it because the process ultimately is evolutionary in a positive way. I tell people that sometimes and it seems to get them kind of out of, out of the total mush confusion. Okay. Thank you. It's just a side effect. It's this weird pressure coming out, total chaotic, bizarre insanity coming out from overpopulation. Well, that could, that could account for a lot of things. I shake my head, you know, like getting rid of policemen, you know, like, you know, crime's going to go up, right? I mean, it's just, it's just a little common sense here, right? So yeah. what's the end game? I mean, you know, yeah. You know, I and I, I go back to um, L.A. riots, you know, years and years mm. ago. And I, know, I was like, why are they burning their own community? That yeah. shouldn't they go burn somebody else's community? I don't understand yeah. some things, right? It's like, why are they cutting off their own hand? Mm. It seems like I would be looking to cut other people's hands off, not mine. Yeah. I don't get why people destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and people, I understand why some people do. But I don't understand mm -hmm. collectively why we buy into it, right? Collectively, I'm like, that's a yeah, but that's what's, It's so massively happening. I mean, any war right now that isn't focused on global warming, you know, any kind of extraction uh, technology, you know, is, is so cutting off our hand. You know, it's really trying to dig more coal out, you know, trying to blow up mountains for more beryllium or whatever, lithium or something. Like all that stuff is so insane right now. But it's really exactly what you're saying, people cutting their hands off. So the identity thing is why I brought up wizard with you okay. as an possible identity. I, I can own it. I, you know, I can own it. It doesn't float my boat. It doesn't mean anything. It's not to supposed me. to. No, <laughs> right. it's not supposed to. It's just like Fine. It's, 
you know, I've whatever cruised the world looking for more wizards and don't find almost anything. And so I think, you know, I don't, I don't know Nora, for example. Nora's but, a fucking wizard. Yeah, that's what I got. I never yeah. even really seen her in action. Jesus, she's a, she just drips in charisma. And what's interesting about Nora is that women love her. And you, mm. if you know anything about women, they don't yeah. love other women. No, no. I, I've spent so many years of my dating life defending the woman I was dating with other women. Oh. And I've never had that experience with Nora. I mean, they just mm. flock to her. And I'm like, this is weird, right? So she's mm. got something going on. I don't know what it is. Now she's Puerto Rican. She's reactive. Um, she, you know, she's hot-blooded. She's got all that going on. Um, mm. I don't, which is fine by me. It's entertaining. Um, I don't think there's a lot of men that would have the tools to be with her, right? So you got to... Mm -hmm. You know, her, I think what I've learned about many, many women is their core issue is safety. So once I got that, uh, so, you know, she's always asking me, you know, make sure you have your cell phone on. Well, I interpret that initially as her wanting to control. Yeah. Okay. No, she just wants to feel safe that I've got it on. Oh, I can give her that. You know, so once oh. I got it right in my head and it mm -hmm. clicked for me. I could see how some of these requests and behaviors were, you know, she did not grow up in a safe world, did not. You know, she grew up in the ghetto and brothers and gangs and one got shot and another one in prison most of his life and, you know, drugs everywhere and people dying needles in their arms. And so she didn't grow up in a safe world. So duh, you know, she, I don't know how she came out of there. So normal. Eh, she got yeah. a little bit of a safety issue, but as I look, back at all my kids and whatever they all do a little bit it's just never been my thing it's not that i always feel safe but mostly i do you know mostly I, but okay. i don't feel stupid i don't walk into a you know if there's bullets flying i'm hiding <laughs> but you, get a, you know capitalist patriarchal empire you know the whole patriarchy thing is so yeah. unconscious for people and so dangerous right for for any kind of authenticity, your presence and stuff. So right. I totally get this safety thing. So, so Nora's a, she's absolutely a wizard in so many ways. Um, man, she, she knows how to get people vulnerable in a half a second. You know, I have to, I don't like vulnerability. I know it's important. I know it matters. And I, I go there <laughs> often enough, but I don't like going there, you know, but I, I'll go there if I have to, but I don't want to, you know, so I'm always fighting my own vulnerability. Um, I was just given a eulogy two days ago, a friend of mine who died and um, cancer. I thought I was going to be fine. I got up there and I just got sad all of a sudden and I wasn't expecting it. Right. And so I kind of bailed out of half his speech because I just didn't want to up there and fall apart. Um, mm. I fell apart enough people knew I was touched, but you know, I didn't need to go full, full out, you know, weeping and crying. Um, and I was shocked that it was it washed over me like that too. I just wasn't expecting it because when I think of him and I talk to him even today. I do, I have a smile on my heart always, you know, he was mm. fun and inspirational and mm. unique. And um, we disagreed on 
so much. Um, but mm. I, as I told him, I said, I would love to have everybody in my life that I disagree with be just like that, that while we're disagreeing, we're still smiling and <laughs> we're both shaking our heads and we're, it ends with a, an experience of love and appreciation. I said, that was our disagreements. <laughs> he never changed my mind. I doubt I changed his, but it was so fun to talk to him you yeah. know, about the disagreements. And I said, yeah. so that's who he was for me. So I thought it was going to be great. You know, like, be like, if I'm doing your eulogy, I don't, but then whoo, here, here it came. It would, so. it would, buddy. It would, it would, you'd like, but I would want you to. I mean, you know, of course he would want me to, too, right? But uh, <laughs> I mean, funerals, you know, fucking funerals are so boring when people are so just pretending everything's fine. You know, they don't really feel stuff. Just really. So I think I think you touched people in a way that really was helpful. I think that, and I know I did. And I'm just saying that's but Nora is good at it. She can okay. get she can. So, yeah, Nora's been a great life partner for me. So I, I'm what well, all I'm saying is. And Chloe is a wizard also. And I never had that experience of being around a woman who's a wizard. And it just has to do with mimetic engineering and mimetic constructs and, and being able, she was trained as a lawyer in Paris at the Sorbonne. And so she was working there for three months and said, I'm leaving because I, this world is not for me, but she was trained in that domain. And so that's the same kind of thing is you, you need the precision and the, and the fierceness, you know, to, to navigate spaces for people in ways that reorder the construct that's been dominating our lives unconsciously and so that's the kind of thing that anyway i just am really lucky to be with a woman who's like that too yeah you are and Nora is a warrior just <laughs> every part of her yeah, so. oh great and um I, it, there's always enough showing up to keep going and as long as the world doesn't blow itself up but I don't think the world's going to blow itself up. We've had a lot of people's fingers on that button that didn't push that button, you know, and um, and I don't even know why they didn't push that button because parts of them looks like they're going to push that fucking button, right? You know, hmm. you know, it could have been Kennedy. It could have been LBJ. It could have been Trump. It could have been not Obama. could have been Biden could accidentally forget that his hand's on the button. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't know. We haven't we haven't pushed it yet. Putin could have pushed it. He threatens to push it. North Korea could have pushed. I don't know. Castro. There's a lot of people could have pushed that button, didn't. So maybe maybe there's a plan. Maybe we're just smart enough this much to understand that we don't want to end the planet. All right, then we keep going. Keep going. Where you? So where are you going to be living? I'm nomadic. Okay, I get that about you. Okay, so, all right, uh, all right. I got a couple questions for you. So, why did you expand from three days to five days? I didn't have enough space to carry out the the work, and I found that people's nervous systems could handle it. I somehow before thought people could only handle three days and then people started being able to handle five days and it just gradually moved over there. And what's happening now is like, for example, we're doing three five-day trainings in a row in Poland. And then the week after that, we're doing another five-day in Portugal. And a bunch of people are coming out of the three weeks of three or five days 
and following us in Portugal, so they're given a whole month of five-day trainings. And they, they're able to integrate and it's, they're just that attracted to it. And our trainings are fuller now than they've ever been. I mean, we've got 40 people in five-day trainings, which are, we thought Max was always 30 and now we're running 40. And so I don't know what's happening. The other trainers are not having that many people in their trainings, but you know, it's this thing about wizardry, like you said, you know, that legend goes around, so. Um, one thing, okay, whatever happened to Porna? Is he alive or he passed? I don't know. I don't know. I have zero contact and not such good rumors, but I haven't checked it out. What's the rumors? Well, this is a recording, you know, so, but the rumors are simply that he somehow went off track. And I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, do you think he, do you believe he's still married? I have no, I have no facts, zero information. Okay. Um, I don't know why I asked that question, but it led to another question I had. Um, comes from, makes sense to me why you totally got it right. Because if you're looking at a, like an ashram or if you're looking at Buddha philosophy or anything like that, you just keep inviting them back to the space. Mind, mind set up one and done. They don't come back unless they're there coaching. So I can't take a group of 20 and have them follow me mm. in my model. I always mm. thought your model was business-wise smarter. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's valid too, because I don't even know why I think if somebody goes through a, even a 90-day process, that they're done. They're not. It's practices. It's not. Exactly. Right? So I, exactly. I always got trapped in this breakthrough model. And it, it's kept me from doing an ascension model, which would be more important. And I yeah, just, but I've never really corrected it, but I'm not surprised because the work you're doing is phenomenal. And I could see myself as a student in that space um, because the breakthroughs come out of fucking nowhere. That's how they appear, right? They yeah, appear to, right. you know, they appear like, because I remember last time I had a breakthrough in that space was around my dad and it came out of nowhere. I mean, and everybody was getting it wrong. I, I don't, I don't think you were there, porn was there. I don't know who it was, but I didn't know why I was angry with my dad because my story was I wasn't angry with my dad. Mm -hmm. well, I had him on a pedestal. So, uh. so everything that everybody was suggesting was going down that, what did he do to you? Maybe, yeah. no, I, I, it wasn't that at all. And, I, yeah. and I, I guess they just backed me in a corner where I had to defend my dad enough to where or our relationship right and I'm where no I know he loved me he told me he loved me he yeah every time he beat me I thought I deserved it Whoa. looking back I still think I deserved it right oh, man. that was yeah. the times I mean he didn't he pull out a razor blade and cut me I mean he just grabbed whatever and every did every dad did it in the neighborhood hell the dads would beat other kids if they stepped out of line they, they right. just how it was right yeah so, but it was, I had him on a pedestal and I didn't, and I was mad at me because I didn't think I could live up to his standards. 
that I had him on. So I'm the one mm-hmm. that put him up here. I'm the one that made all this shit up. He didn't. He wouldn't put himself up there ever. Yeah. And and I had to let him off the pedestal. That was my breakthrough. And but I couldn't see it. Came yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And, but this but the space almost guarantee that is going to happen even if it looked to me like probably if I wasn't who I was I could I had to facilitate it I had to facilitate my own breakthrough kind of mm-hmm. yeah sure but finally one person asked the right question was that doctor that I used to um wasn't there a doctor that we used to spend the night with it was really around at that time uh, and his and his wife he is a doctor anyway so yours does create breakthroughs um, yeah but the, the thing is this whole thing about being on a path you said ascension you know we say there you know that you know there's more than one path up the mountain and there's no mountain you know and that essentially the path has no top end and we found this so literally that you, you know somebody has a process and they think, okay, well, I got this piece of the process, but actually that was only the first level of the piece. And you go down, like I've personally been down seven layers in a huge process for me. And the seventh layer completely reformatted all the other layers and, and, and put them in an entirely new picture. And my whole life just went, it was just so amazing, but I could not have got to that seventh layer without going through these other six emotional healing processes, which in and of themselves were huge for me. So this whole emotional healing process, game world, and people helping each other through emotional healing processes and getting the technology of that, you know, removing blocks and finding old decisions and and bringing pieces back that we banished away and going through, you know, clarity about what really happened, you know, all these things, the stories that we're using, all of this stuff, there's such a um, elegant ocean to swim in in a way. And it's just people, people love going there and they love helping each other. And, you know, this whole number we had of going through 10 labs, it's become ridiculous. It's like we don't even give certificates really anymore for 10 labs because, you know, you're just welcome to the path. It's basically that. Yeah. What, what has changed in your trainings since, you know, well, we talked? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, a couple of really significant things. One is the body of knowledge that we started with. You know, for example, you know, Eric Burns, you know, parent, child, adult, ego state. We have six ego states on that map now. And it is so profound. It is so fantastic to have the distinction. There's a child ego state, a gremlin ego state, a demon ego state. And then in the adult ego state, you get access to the archetypal ego state and they're all ego states. And, and like, holy shit, you know, and the fact, like, well, we've just discovered these whole other dimensions to the the uh, the original maps. So so we just keep evolving the maps. And then the other thing is, we I used to design trainings. You know, I used to have a uh, you know an outline basically of what we were what we needed to cover. You know, in in ten different labs. And this is so ridiculous now to even think that because half the processes we do in a lab we invent in the lab. So I'm so behind on documenting the new processes that we're developing for what's needed and wanted in the moment for what's what people need, but you know, what's we've never thought of before. And so so we're we walk in with no design at all. We know we know when lunch is, basically. 
And we, yeah, so these kind of thing is also another elements changed, which is like, for example, in the expand the box training, we always used to bring in a caterer to provide lunch for us because we thought of it as a beginning training. And so somebody else should cook the food so people can integrate. We've, we've thrown that out the door. So even at a, an expand the box trainings now, people are cooking our own food on the breaks. You know, so it's this whole, it's, we call it a village lab. It's changed it into a, a possibility village lab. And the whole village thing of this capacity for people to be responsible for even uh, showing up in this space when it feels like the space is going to start again. And it, it's almost like we've even thrown out the time schedule. And so people, there's this whole other level of responsibility where it's not so much the trainers controlling the environment and how it goes, but we're, we've got teams facilitating what needs to happen as it needs to happen for five days. And the, and the, the shift out of the mind from, from having a plan and the idea and the, you know, navigating from that is, versus navigating from what's needed and wanted is so fabulous in terms of yeah, that's just mastery, isn't it? Right. You move from structure to context. You know, your context out like of your structure. So that's right. That's happened uh, in mine too as well. You mm -hmm. know, I keep letting now mine's more structured and I am going to do the process, you know, but in part two, it's it's much more much more like what you're doing. I you know, Jim, I think not I've always much. thought your work is more, is deeper. It would um, not take it, much for you to rename. You know, you've got part one, then you have the path. You know what I mean? And so it's like part two is not, it doesn't ever comes to an end. It's just the path training or whatever you want to call it. But it's like, it's a, it's like you can do that thing for, and just keep taking steps. And you have, of course, there's beginners in there and medium people and you have totally advanced people and everybody's mm -hmm. helping everybody, but everybody gets their process. Everybody gets a process. It would be simple for you to shift that. All right, I'm gonna think through this. You never did my my master's course, did you? No, I only got the I only got the level one. No, you did part one and two. Oh, together? No, two separate ones. Or did I just <laughs> put you in the part two? Maybe we skip part one. I think it, you just called it a breakthrough training. It was in Latvia. I probably just put you in part two, Cliff. Okay. And you skip part one, which I never do, but I know why I did it with you. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you probably, so my, in my master's course, I basically get to this idea that, you know, we're not our mind, we have a mind, right? But since most of us have become our mind and we don't do the work of, making that distinction or, and so I, what I do is I have practices where people can experience themselves distinct from their mind, which is really profound for a lot of people, right? But I get them to see that our mind, the context of our mind is survival. And I yeah. lay out the beliefs that they would have to give up in order to become enlightened. And then I basically say, I don't think there's a human being in this room that's going to do it. You Oh, the master's course. So I get them to see course. that if they, and I said, look, I'm going to go through what you're going to have to give up to, right. because I'm basically saying every choice you make is out of survival. And so more, better, different. I go, there is no more. It doesn't exist. It's a concept. Mm -hmm. Point to more, show me more. There isn't 
more. It's a comparison. That's all it is, right? There isn't yeah. better. There isn't different. There is what is, right? So everything is about universal law of what is, is no more, no less, okay? So then I said, more, better, different. You did, and I said, you're not, are you going to give it up, that belief? You can. Are you going to? Are, do you think your kids aren't a little bit better than other kids or better looking or a little smarter? I mean, you have to give that up. You can. So there's seven levels, right? Positioning mm. is, is one of the levels, more, better, different, um, inevitability, yada, yada, yada. And then I sink them because they're just like, I'm fucked, right? And I sent them home and I go, you know, and basically when people operate outside of this, we kill them. Mm -hmm. You know, we kill Jesus, we kill Gandhi, we, we just kill them. That's what we do. So, so if you even think you want to get outside of here and start making that, that kind of difference, which would be awesome, probably dead. Martin Luther King, I mean, Lennon, who, just think. <laughs> and then I'd send them home, right? And then they're coming back from the next morning either devastated which is really where i want them or in resistant well i don't have to you know i don't have to believe you oh, okay let's go back to this again look at the mm -hmm. list here which which one is using you right now blah, blah, blah. so th from there once they accept they're not going to make the choice mastery is about play the game knowing full well it's unwinnable so play it as though it's winnable. Give your mm -hmm. heart, mind, body, and soul to it. Um, that's where you're going to find your freedom. And that's where you're going to make a difference from that. Mm -hmm. That's my master's course, essentially. But it takes me four days to get there. Um, but you'd probably find that one fascinating. So, um, yeah. So I, I still think you're, the work you do is deeper and better than different you know more better different i think it's different than what i do but well, you're you're always invited. there's overlaps you know but totally you just just know that you're always invited so anytime i might do like that coming by five days five days you know i don't i have i have books to write we, we, we have 540 websites we're building 540 websites in a start over game I don't know if you've heard about that, but there's there's all this there's this huge outpouring of stuff through us into these websites, and it's just incredible stuff. It's like a lot of context and then a lot of experiments, and it's just called startover.xyz, and then uh, so filling those out is hugely rewarding and hugely um, consuming like that. And plus we've got three or four more books to write. And so trainings is not top of the list. So we could do a lot more trainings than we want to. So right now, so we've been doing uh, usually twice a year, we do a patch of trainings, you know, like three or four trainings here and then three or four trainings here twice a year. That's what we've been doing. Do you see a way you and I can Well, something together. <laughs> well, look, you've got these people, you've got some people who are edge, whatever, edge people. And if if they if they want to build bridges to next culture, if they want to build out game worlds, you know, that are outside of the mainstream where their non-material value can come through, you know, they can actually do what they came here to do, 
and and get enough money to to thrive on it, then like we this whole path is waiting for them. And so that is completely open territory for you to, you know, suggest people go in that direction. If you're looking to try to get money out of it, I don't know. We have to figure that out. I don't know how to do that right now. But but there's there's this whole like you're you're working with these people in companies or some people who come to your breakthrough stuff who are who sniff you know they sniff something they really want that's close to their heart and it's not just about being successful or having a better life you know it's about really creating cool stuff and getting the play full out and so that's where we've been building out space so we have huge amounts of space for those people to play in and you know when you do, when they deliver a, an emotional healing process online or in person after they do 50 free ones then they do 50 for half price and then they after 100 they're, they're getting full price for these 150 200 euros per session for emotional healing processes if they're doing a rage club for example online rage club they do rage club intros and then they get enough people for rage club they can easily earn a couple thousand a month doing just rage club and work talks work and workshops online or workshops in fear club we have fear club now and there's really a bunch of stuff where these people can play full out and all of it builds matrix in them to hold more. So it, and then it moves them along their path so that the next process comes, the next process is deeper, it opens up new space. They learn how to do what they do, what they've gone through. They, so, you know, the old shamans, the old shamans, you mean call the shaman and he comes and he does the work, you pay him and he goes away and then you're depending on the shaman to come in. And, and so, this, this is new shamanism, which is the shaman comes in, trains you how to do self-surgeries. You get empowered to do that self-surgery on other people. Shaman goes away. There's a new shaman born. And you keep training up new shamans. And so that's, this is our open code, copy left, copy left thoughtware upgrade procedures. You know, it's all copy left. Not one thing is copyright. You know, you started to mention about, you know, what if somebody unskilled is going to try to deliver this? Well, they cannot really. They cannot really deliver it because they cannot hold that space. And it, it's a self-correcting system is what we found. Because I was afraid of that for a while too. I was afraid of giving people these amazing, you know, all of our processes are online. We have a PM processes website and the PM thought maps website. All of them are online. Anybody can take them and use them. And, they, and they, if they can do it, then they can. If, but most people cannot do it. They don't have a matrix to do it. So we're just trying to build a matrix in the people to have the capacity to do it. So it's this, so the people that you talked about before who, who've been through your phase one and phase two, maybe are re like ready. They're ready to take on this stuff. And it's, it's by their own authority, you know, by their own, there is no trainer up there. The way you've been describing it, it sounds a lot like Werner stuff, you know, where the guy stands up there with a notebook and he's on stage and everybody else follows along and, and like that. We're, we're really about like processes. People we give the instructions that people do it and they trick, they give feedback and coaching to each other. So like they, they learn where they are based on who can give feedback and coaching to them where they are. And so there's this whole massive collaborative learning environment with what's happening. And you'll recognize a bunch of stuff, you know, you'll see all, you know, a distinction is a distinction. It's not going anywhere. You know, low drama is low drama. But we've figured out another thing, which is devastating, which is 
the gremlin, you know about gremlin. We were working with gremlin stuff, right? Okay, well, so gremlin, gremlin really needs to be transformed. It needs to be initiated or it will sabotage all your other processes. And that's why people who've done 10 labs with us and are still stuck in the same places because their gremlin is still contaminating their adult ego state. And it's insane, but we figured out just the last year, a year and a half or so, we started figuring how to decontaminate your adult ego state from child, from gremlin, and that, then you need to do that. And so this was a whole new breakthrough for us. Like, okay, now we get it why you're stuck where you're stuck. It's because your gremlin's running the show. And so we, do, we talk about that at the day one of the first training and take people face to face with like their underworld, the truth of the matter. You know, what's really going on? And it's like you said, it's all survival. But the fact is we're designed to live. So we're trying to shift out of the survival context into a living context. And the people who do that, even for a couple of hours, even for, you know, they, they have a taste of it. They're so excited about it because it's undeniable. I don't, I hope you can still hear me. The internet's gotten a little unstable. But, but the experience themselves is undeniable. And that's, so it's not like we're convincing them of something or marketing them something. It's not like that. And it, then their friends see them change, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where everybody's coming from. What's the website that I should go to if I'm trying to understand your work better? Well, I would propose you go to spaceport.mystrikingly.com. Spaceport.mystrikingly.com. Or fort. It, exactly. Spaceport, like an airport. Spaceport. Okay. Yeah. Spaceport. Mystrikingly. The website called Spaceport is simply an alpha, alphabetical list, starting with the numbers, an alphabetical list of all these websites. And you just start, you just start scanning down there. And you'll, uh, maybe half of them don't have much on them. And half of them will blow your mind because they're just fantastic stuff. And they're all interconnected with each other. They all have links inside of them to other websites that are in the 540. So you start at one and you open up and you have all these windows open up. It drives you crazy because you want to learn it all. You know, you want to study it all, you want to get it all. And so it's just totally fascinating because it's a, it's a whole different kind of learning process where you learn what you need to learn right when you need to learn it, rather than just going through a book where it's page after page. You know, this is like, this is like idea connected to other ideas and how it works in your mind, what you need. So we're just really excited about it. It's really fabulous. And so that supports, people are coming in our trainings just from seeing those websites. 